This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 91 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gary is with me. Are you good? I'm not bad at all. I remember when we were closing in on my age in episode numbers and now we're closing in on my grand's age. <laughs> it is actually, uh, I believe it is actually our second birthday this week as well because you got the notification through that uh, we need to pay for the podcast subscription again. Yes. So happy birthday to us. Yes, I haven't um, done that actually. If it, if I don't get it sorted by Sunday, they'll cut us off. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> there you go, re- uh, listeners. If you want, you know, if, if you want us to to continue, let us know, and we'll we'll fork out some money for you. That's that's how dedicated we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, two years is uh, is a strange one, particularly you know the fact that you you put up with me for for two years talking crap about Lincoln. No, I wouldn't say put up, tolerated. That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've put up with me more. Yeah, to be fair, you are you are a horrible person to me sometimes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's been quite a, an exciting uh, couple of weeks because I think we we aimed to get one out before the end of last week because it was very busy. But um, we we sort of left the left the news over the weekend to to digest it, and I think. I think we were both a bit busy during the week as well. So, well, didn't we put um, one out last yeah, Monday? Of, we put one out last Monday, didn't we? About. We recorded on Sunday, so we did actually put one out last week. It was just early last week. Yeah, yeah. So I think we were late the previous week, but early last. Anyway, we, yeah, we're back. That's yeah. the main thing. Guess who's back? Um, <laughs> so yeah, lot, lots of uh, lots of stuff to digest and talk about. Obviously, um, I think we'll start with the big. Playing news: uh, Three signings in last week after the capture of Brick at the previous Friday. Um, I think they're they're quite uh, quite exciting signings. Um, two on permanent deals, one in on loan. Uh, start with the loan. TJ Oma's come back from Spurs. He's with us for the whole season. Um, it'll be uh, hopefully it'll be a good one to see if he gets. Uh, get some game time this time around I'm pretty sure he will what about what do you reckon yeah I mean we'll probably touch on TJ a little bit when we cover um today's friendly against Salford because obviously he 
he played right back um, for the first period of mm-hmm. the game. Um, yeah, I mean, big, quite looks quite a tall, rangy kind of player, not unlike Max Melbourne, with it, but with a little bit more meat on the bones. Um, you would imagine coming from Spurs, he's going to um, be an attacking fullback. He can play centre half. I wouldn't imagine that we'll want to be putting square pegs in round holes at the back. Um, so I see Ioma very much as as a potentially our first choice right back, um, depending on uh, on Aaron Lewis, of course. Um, but mm. I, there's something about Ioma that's, that suggests to me that he will play um, probably 75% of our games. So it's a good signing. It's a positive step. Um, it's another defensive player. And, and you know, I always say you don't moan about not getting everything on your shopping list until you've been through the checkout. And we're not through the checkout yet, but um, it is another defensive player. So... Um, yeah, I think we're well stocked at the back now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was um, it, it's uh, it's definitely kind of you know filling things up from the back. Um, it obviously leads on to the the inevitable question, which we'll probably discuss in a little bit about one of the other players on the in the squad. But Michael seems to have answered that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I know he was obviously thought of very highly and it speaks volumes really of, of Michael in the club that he was willing to come back uh, to us for another season, uh, particularly, you know, obviously had the, had a bit of a spell with us and um, didn't really get a chance to, to show himself before COVID hit. So um, the other two that have come in, uh, we've obviously got um, Adam Jackson from, from Hibs, which was, I mean, you said it in your in your piece on the site that technically we've signed a player from somebody that's, you know, from a team that's top in uh, one of the leagues in Europe. Admittedly, it's the SPL, but you know, we've still we've still signed him. So it's um, he, he seems it seems like a, a promising signing as well. Uh, and the other one was Joe Walsh. Uh, Joe Walsh. There we go. Yes. Um, got them all in front of me but there we go so um joe walsh from mk dons mk yes from mk <laughs> i was i was getting there i was getting there I just got i've got a list in front of me all right um so yeah it, it's um that, that makes it eight signings over the summer so far and i think it takes the squad up to 16 or 17 is it somewhere around there yeah yeah or probably probably a couple more actually. I think we're close to about nineteen. Now, yeah, but, but I don't think Michael's still... counting some of the young players. I don't think Sean Rowan and um, Alex Bradley and Jordan Adebayo Smith. I don't think that they're going to be in and around the first team. So I think Michael considers that he probably has a core of say fourteen players, all who will be expecting to play first team football. Um, but that you know we need another four or five around that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the um, of of the three that came in last week, I mean, it, it seems like uh, there's there's obviously a little bit of experience there with uh, with Adam Jackson. Um, he's 26, so he's while he's not got the sort of you know head on his shoulders that that Bridcut has, he's definitely going to be a player that uh, will be able to help the younger players. Um, not played. That's what it sounded like from his interview. Not from, not played as many games as either James Jones or Conor McGrandles. Um Not played as many senior games. I think he's only just over a hundred and something senior games. 
He's had spells mm-hmm. where um, he was at Middlesbrough for a long while and wasn't playing in their first team, so went out on loan. Uh, he had a season more or less on the bench of Barnsley when they won League One last time or when they were promoted from League One. So, um, yeah, he's, he's not... Um, He's experienced in terms of his age and he's been in and around the game for professional game for kind of eight, eight years now or whatever. Um, but uh, very much, I think, a, a kind of a ball playing centre-back from what I understand. So he's going to mm. fit in with the philosophy of trying to play out from the back and spray it across. Um, quite highly rated, I think, by Hibs fans, not so much by Jack Ross. Um, but I think he fell out with Paul Heckingbottom um, when he went there. I think he spoke out about the manager in a, in an interview. So, um, but he's an interesting addition. I like I like the look of Adam Jackson. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And um, and Joe Walsh, your thoughts on uh, on Joe? Yeah, again, a really interesting signing. I thought um, took me by surprise that we were going to sign another centre back. Um, mm. Chatting to Gab Sutton yesterday, who's obviously the, the lower league expert, he didn't have Walsh down particularly as a as a passing centre back, um, but his his passing stats from last season certainly sort of um, contradicted that. So where Walsh fits in is going to be interesting. Again, I know we're going to touch on the friendly soon. I think Walsh didn't he, he didn't feature. I don't know if he's got a little knock. I know Michael said a few players have got a kind of a couple of early season knocks. Um, but he went with Jackson on the right and Montsmer on the left. Um, if he's intending to play Walsh on the left side of the fence, which I think the initial interview suggested he might be, um, Walsh could actually end up being backup from from what I've seen in Montsmer this afternoon. And I know that it's only one pre-season friendly, you know, early doors, everyone's a bit rusty, but um, Montsmer particularly did impress me. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, we, we might as well start talking about the friendly because it, um, it was one that I had sort of half an eye on um on the on you know on the iPad but um it, it seemed like it was essentially what we've come to expect from you know particularly the first preseason friendly where it was all about the players getting to know each other and getting a feel for sort of a semi competitive game um so you know kind of getting that that and I think you said it's more about the like the passages of play and and um, getting used to each other rather than going all out for a win and stuff like that. So it was um, some of the, you know, some of the, the the plays looked looked good. We looked like we were starting to get, you know, a head on our shoulders in terms of how everyone played together. Um, it's, I mean, it will all, you know, obviously in competitive games, it'll all come down to taking chances, which I don't think was quite there today. But you know, there's a lot more to there's a lot more to come, and obviously, you know, people are gonna get more used to it they're going to get back into um you know back into the routines and things like that and hopefully as it progresses we'll start to see them gel a lot more i mean obviously there's a lot of new players there too so um i mean i think you were probably paying a bit more attention to it than i was um so how did you see it playing out yeah well you're right about not taking chances we lost one nil so um (laughs) it kind of speaks for itself i think doesn't it um Sorry, I just I just sound like thinking, God, you know, if an expert analysis like that, honestly. Um, no. I could work for the Beeb, mate. <laughs> you could. Take over you? Garth Crooks. Yeah, you could, Garth Crooks. Wow. Um, yeah, so, I mean, first 10 minutes, we looked like a team that hadn't played together before, and we weren't. You know, people levy, levy that as a, as a slur later on in the season, you know, that looked like 11 players who hadn't played together before, but this genuinely, we, genuinely we were. It was a bit disjointed. Ian Henderson, who is nearly my age but looks half of it, scored for them with a nice finish. 
Um, but I thought after that, certainly while um, while we had a level of continuity in terms of um, people on the field, I thought we looked all right. Um, we certainly grew into the game. There were some nice passages of play down the left-hand side involving Monsmer, Melbourne and uh, El Bazzetti. And I thought, I know Kev Barwise really didn't rate El Bazzetti. Um, I, I thought he showed more promise in, uh, in his sort of 40, 40, 40 minutes in the first half than he did in any of his league games last season for us. He looks to have bulked up a little bit. Um, he seemed quite direct. Mm, yeah, he, yeah, he entered the area a couple of times and, and box entries are always uh, an important stat. Um, I thought, if anything, we you know, it goes without saying that we, we lacked the attacking option. I'm not sure. You know, I thought Hopper looked quite isolated and I thought, if anything, we were playing 4-3-3 rather than um, the four-two-three-one that we were playing last season because James Jones wasn't playing ten. He was, in my opinion, he, he was more of an eight-role kind of ahead of, of McGrandles and Bridcott who were in front of the defence. So we did look quite defensive in terms of our setup, um, and that did leave Tom Hopper at times looking a little isolated. However, Tom did get in behind a couple of times. I'll say he'll be disappointed to score, but he probably won't give a toss if he scores on the first game of the season. It'll be all be forgotten. So. You know, any criticism lay, lay, um, aimed at the team on social media uh, in, the, in the last hour or two and then the coming hours and days is ridiculous because you know, mm. it's a workout. Um, I really liked, I thought Jones had a decent game. Um, I thought McGrandles did look off the pace, but you know it's not criticising them at their ability because it's an early pre-season friendly. Um, I thought Ioma looked half decent at right back. You could certainly see that he wanted to get forward when he could. I thought when we attacked and we pinned Salford back into their area, um, I thought there was a lot of options coming across the field, but there wasn't the final ball. Um, mm. But in the second half, it just became a disjointed mess, I thought, from both sides because so many changes, players coming on, players coming off, some players coming on without numbers on. I think we brought on... Um, Sean Rowan in the second half, who's a big lad. Club have got high hopes for him and he, he did all right. Um, a couple of the other youth lads came on as well. Uh, I like to look at the trialist. I think he played number 14. I thought he was willing. Um, he, at, at various points through the game, occupied left wing, right wing and centre forward, albeit centre forward very briefly. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know his identity. But you know, it all served to highlight was that we're short up front because when Tom Hopper came off, we didn't have a dedicated centre forward to put on um, in his place. But again, we haven't finished shopping. We're not at the checkout yet. We haven't gone down the centre forward aisle. So, um, you know, that's going to be something that Michael will look to uh, address almost certainly. Um, I also thought probably Harry looked a little bit off it when he came on. I thought George Grant looked a little bit off it when he came on. But this is their first professional game since March. As professional footballers, unless they're out injured, it's going to have been the longest period they've gone without playing a game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm reading nothing into players not quite being on it, not at this stage. And anyone on social media kind of commenting that this wasn't good enough and that wasn't good enough genuinely genuinely needs a fucking heads red <laughs> yeah I, it's i mean it, it was it was a conversation that we've had you know several times before with regard to to pre-season games it's like it, it's it's a glorified training match at this point just with different opposition than what they're used to um i, I don't think anybody should be taken too much from you know from these games um the, the games that we're really going to have to start taking things from i mean maybe even not at that point but you know when we get to the um the the carabao games 
that they are the games where you think, okay, the team should at this point be be clicking. They should be gelling with each other. Are they about ready for it at this point? I don't know. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the fixtures are... Um, we've had the announcement today that the Carabao... Um, which one was that? Was it the crew? Yeah, the Carabao. Uh, yeah, Carabao Clippers crew, and then it was the EFL trophy as well. We've had the group confirmed today as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Manchester City's under 23s are in our group. It's, I mean, those those are the games where we're probably going to be able to, to pick up a little bit more in terms of, you know, how the squads come together. Um, I don't think we're going to be. Have you got mice outside, fighting in your room? <laughs> Sounds like no. Mice. <laughs> It's a bunch of birds outside. Um, I think pick, the window. picking up on your comments there, the Carabao Cup games, obviously September the 5th. For me, that's the last pre-season friendly. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the Carabao Cup means, yeah. you know, as much to me as, as a discarded chocolate bar wrapper. Um, couldn't care less. I know that obviously Michael would like a cup run. The prize money's not great. If we get a big draw in the next round, don't matter. Fans aren't there. And um, the leasing.com games are later in the season. I would certainly hope that by the time they come round, rather than, trying to see if the team are gelling, it would be more a case of some of the fringe players getting a run out. Um, your first pre-season... Fair, I, 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 got, I got myself a little bit confused. I was getting the, the dates mixed up with the um, with the Carabao games. So, yeah, yeah but bad. the thing is the, the Carabao games might only be one because if we go to crew and lose 1-0, that's it. And, and for me, that would be the best thing that could probably happen because then you're not playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday and you're keeping your core 11 or your core 16 mm. as fresh as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, early pre-season games for me are always... They're fun because you're trying to identify trialists and you're looking at players and seeing how they fit in. I'm not a big one for showcase friendlies, you know, like, oh, let's play Sheffield Wednesday or let's play Aston Villa or Derby County or Ferenc Varas. They're all, yeah, I don't know what they offer, to be honest. I would hope that by the time we play our third or fourth pre-season friendly, should we be playing that many? It's at that point where your first team, you know, need to have been, um, settled on whether they ever settle playing with each other. I mean, you know, it's that's wide open, isn't it? Some players might settle in a system, some might not. Um, but when you're a new team like we are at the moment, or you know, I've just got this massive disclaimer that do not read anything into this on the first game. And the thing is, because we've not seen a Lincoln City game since we beat Burton 3 2, you know, at any one point, I think there was 2,900 people watching Salford's live feed. And you can bet a majority of those were Lincoln City fans. And I think mm. um, that just goes to show you that there will be scrutiny and there will be comment because everybody wants to. You know, we've all got an opinion on football and since March we haven't been able to express it, although you and I have tried on here. Um, but all of a sudden we've got football to, to offer an opinion on. So the doom and gloomers or the people who want to provoke response are going to say things like, you know, Zach Albazetti was poor or, you know, we, we, we're lacking goals. But, yeah, it's... It's pointless analysis. It's like Garth Crooks sitting down and, and criticising the warm-up on a, on Sky Sports Saturday or whatever without you know, a ball being kicked. Because that's all it is. It's the warm-up to yeah. the season. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that's probably a, a decent spot to, to move on from it. I think um, you know, you've know you pretty much got it there and I, I can't add too much more because of uh, the fact I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to it um, during the afternoon. So... Um, Next up, we've obviously got, uh, you know, say we've signed two new defenders, uh, two new centre-backs, and Michael has uh, alluded to the fact that Kian Bolger might not be um, uh, involved in the plans as much as Kian Bolger might 
like to be. Um, I think it's fair to say. I think um, he's obviously he, he's not essentially trying to force him out of the club by any means, but he's you know he's basically said, well, if if we've got a uh, you know if a, if a club comes along for Key and it's right for Key and it's right for us, then I'm not going to stand in his way. And I think it's probably the the most polite way, I guess, of saying he's probably not going to get a game unless we've got injuries. Um, I mean, it's, I think it was becoming fairly evident at the end of last season before, you know, before COVID hit that um, he's probably not going to fit into Michael Appleton's team, is he? Um, yes and no. I think, you know, Michael's comments were as a result of a kind of a lead question. Um, but I think, you know, Michael Horton asks mm-hmm. questions without, you know, he doesn't want to, ask outright, is Kian Bolger on the fringe of it? But he kind of led the question in, as, you know, will Kian be kind of, you know, will he be one of the full-functioning first-team players or would you listen to offers? And Michael said, obviously, he would listen to offers, um, but there was no attempt to force Kian out of the club. Uh, he was a great professional, um, but he might not fit the the method perfectly. Um, but then he played mm-hmm. today. So, you know, he played against Salford. He had a decent half uh, or yeah he came on in the second half you know he looked all right um i don't think there's any desperate desire to sell uh kian bulger or bulger as the guy mm. the sulfur guy kept calling him which got right on my <laughs> wick um so i think um i think i don't know i don't think it's a jack payne ben coker situation i don't think no. i don't think it's a you are not going to play football for me therefore you should move on which i think that's very much what jack and, and ben and probably Freck were told last season and um, i think kian will get games mm. Uh, but that will be injury dependent and that will be cup run dependent. You know, he will play the leasing games. He might, if we're, you know, one nil up at um, Hull with 10 minutes to go and we want to defend, you'd throw big Kean on. Um, Michael would probably be happy to keep him around the place and use him in that way. But will Kean at 27 or whatever he is, be happy to, to have a season doing that and then potentially end up released and have to look at kind of League Two rather than now leaving for a lower-end League One side and establishing himself. Um, you know, big big decision for Keane to make should anybody come in, but it's going to be very, very mm. tough to shift a player at the moment who's on old money um, and who would... Yeah. I think we paid a... We, no, we didn't pay a fee for. Joey Barton said we did. Um, you know, I, I, I don't That's know. it, yeah. I, I personally don't expect Keane to leave before the season starts. Okay, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, it... it you you know what you say makes sense in terms of having having him as a, a player that you can put on. Um, obviously, you don't want to completely deplete your you know your, your stock of centre backs if you like. Um, so he's he, he will be the kind of player that, like you say, will will come on. But I, when I say you know he's not going to be necessarily a player that would would play for or you know fit into my Clapperton side. I, I, what I meant was he's he's not going to be first name on the team sheet sort of you know, level of player when it comes to, to Appleton and the style. So, um, okay. Uh, I think that's basically it in terms of the playing side of things. We've obviously got some big news from uh, from the club this week regarding what's going to happen when we can finally get back into the ground. And I know it's been covered to death on social media and on other podcasts and, you know, other, other places, but, I think it's only fair that we give it a, a bit of air time on it. So, um, yeah, long and short of it, if you're a season ticket holder, you'll be put into a ballot and you will be told, yes, you can 
you know, you'll, you'll be able to come to this game, this game, or this game. Um, in the week leading up to the game, I'm, my assumption is, and uh, if you aren't successful, you'll be given an iFollow pass, which can then be used for, um, you know, for, for, for whatever for that purpose. So we had a little chat about this off air, and essentially we said that you know the club really didn't have any other choice that they could make, did they? No, um, and just be aware there is a lot of misinformation about how we will have to behave when we're in the ground out there. Um, things like no singing at the moment isn't an official EFL directive, but it's being peddled by um, the Daily Mail and then the Sun, and, and then it gets repeated as gospel, and I, I pick it up from a reputable source and believe it on Stacey West. But at the moment, as far as I'm aware, that isn't something that, that is being suggested. Um but it's, I mean, friends, friends don't let friends read the Daily Mail. Let's just put that out there right now. Yeah, well, I, like I say, I, I saw the link and the headline um, that certainly didn't click on the Daily Mail um, or the scum. So. Um, but I think, um, yeah, in terms of the club, you've got 10,000 seats. You've got, let's say, 2,000 early birds. You could have just allowed all of those early birds into the ground and just said bugger it to everyone else. Um, but that absolutely would not have been fair. So you, they had to open up the second window, not only to allow people who didn't take the early bird, but now realise that they won't be able to pay on the day or they, do you know what I mean? so they have to open it up for those. You also have to open it up for those who paid for the early bird and realise that in actual fact they don't want to watch football under whatever these conditions are, be it... Um, social distancing, be it one game and then one game on the eye follow at home, which is probably going to be the case. So, you know, the club had to open up the second window. There's no doubt whatsoever about that. Um, and I know one or two people who paid the early bird were kind of saying, well, hang on, we committed in February. Why can't we get precedent or why can't we get preference? Um, I also saw a lot of people saying, well, what about the, you know, the 1,500 who were there through the National League years before Danny? Why can't they get preference? Because they deserve to be rewarded. And I understand the sentiment behind that. Um, but the club have got to be very, very careful that they don't start saying things like, you are a better fan than you and alienating the ones that they claim are not as good as fans. Yeah. There's no doubt whatsoever that the people that paid um, 300 quid a season ticket to watch us lose to the likes of Welling and Salisbury, you know, those fans are so, so valuable to the club and helped keep us afloat. And were it not for those fans, and I, yeah, I was one of them, I never had a season ticket at that time, but were it not for people who were turning up at that time, um, you know, you, the club would have gone to the wall. But if you were a season ticket holder then, does that make you better than somebody that watched every game and paid on the gate? I don't, you know, it's very dangerous when you start ranking fans. Um, mm. And we all know who the diehards are. You know, we all know the the guys that have been there, the guys and girls that have been there since the 60s and the 70s and all the way through. And we all know that there's some people who have come to the club on the back of the recent success. But right now, £10 is £10 and it doesn't matter which pocket it comes out of. And, you know, we don't get 9,000 supporters every week, more, well, give or take. We don't get 8,500 supporters every week based on those that have been coming 50 years. And you, you, know, you can't take anybody for granted because who's to say the ones that started when Danny and Nicky came are not still going to be here in 50 years' time? You know, it's, mm. So the club have got to do that. In terms of the ballot, what else do you do? Um, you know, you if there's if there's four thousand seat uh, four thousand seats, which well, three thousand seats and six thousand season ticket holders, 
you've got to do a way, you've got to have a way of telling some people that they can't go to a game. It's that simple. Um, I know that the intention is that if you are successful in one ballot, you're not successful in another. As I understand it, it would be done in blocks. So as I understand it, you would put your name in for um, certain games. And uh, you know, if you wanted to go to all the games, you put your name in for all the games. And then if you were drawn out for the first one, you're not in the draw for the second one. I know they're looking at exactly what it's going to look like with um, not Eventbrite, Ticketmaster. Um, but, you know, again, mm. that ballot will be the same as it is for Manchester United and for all the other teams that use Ticketmaster. So, yeah, again, it's a tough for the club. There, there are no winners in this situation. Um, mm. And I just hope that those who are losers in the situation, as we all will be at some point, um, can accept that when it happens. Yeah, and I think um, the the important thing to realise at this stage is that you know this isn't a this isn't a, a stipulation that the club have put in place. You know, this has kind of been imposed upon them um, by the situation that unfortunately we find ourselves in globally. Um, I just think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that I've seen that are maybe in that group where, you know, you said that they are, they're going to be maybe a bit more vocal about, well, I was there during the bad years. I was there during the dark times. It's like, okay, fine. But the thing is, if you then start not pandering, that's the wrong word, but if you start kind of going to that page, like you say, you then, you then putting the fans into some sort of ranking and, at the moment, you know, I, like like yourself, I, I get the sentiment. I understand where people are going to be coming from, but what people have got to realise is at this point, it's not about them as individuals. It's about, you know, the, the group of fans as a whole. Um, and I think having um, having the, the ability, if you like, to, to be able to dole this out fairly um, or as, as fairly as it, as the club can possibly do it, there aren't any winners in the situation. I think ultimately people need to take a little bit of a step back and look at it as a bigger picture and go, yeah, okay, it's going to suck. Yes, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss certain games. I'm going to miss, you know, probably going to miss a few more games than I would like to this season. But ultimately, you know, the, the club can't do anything else. The hands are tied with this. So, I think, I think um, most. I think to be honest, most people are accepting of that, and I think those that you know, yeah. I think people understand that it's their call. And you know, I've seen some long-term season ticket holders who were saying, "Well, I'll have a refund on my season ticket." Then, and you know, I couldn't fully understand that. I also think that the club have set it up in such a way that if things return to normal, there's a renewal window that you can renew. Um, and, and, and save the, your seat yeah, for the following th- season. Um, yes, they said there'll be a third window, which, you know, again, I think that's a, you know, it's a, it's a good move from the club, I think, ultimately to say, if you don't want to renew your season ticket just yet, then that's fine. But if you want, you know, if you want to, if and when the, the, the ground can open up to, you know, more capacity, then that's at the point that you can renew your ticket. And, um, you know, that's your kind of, your opportunity to, to make sure you've got your seat for the end of this season and for next season going forward as well. So I think what's really interesting as well is the likes of you and I don't know actually if you do or not, but I I, I sit up a co-op um, and yep. you know, I'll be, I might have to sit in Stacey West or I might have to sit in St Andrews. Um, but because mm. of our one price fits all policy, you know, there are no losers there as well. And can you imagine the administrative nightmare if you were at a club that had five or six different pricing tiers within the ground as well, 
So you then yeah. got to work around those pricing tiers. I mean, it, it, it would be a nightmare. So, yeah, I feel I feel desperately yeah. for the club. Um, I feel desperately for all football clubs at the moment, especially when I see, as I said yesterday, you know, get-togethers on beaches and um, people flying away on packed planes to holidays, and you know, we can't go to sit in the open air at a football football game. Mm. You know, it's probably more evident for the likes of Lincoln United or someone like that, who you know. With the greatest respect, as I said the other day on a blog, social distancing isn't a problem if you go and watch Lincoln United. And that's not meant to be a joke or a slur. You know, yeah. they could get, I've been there when there's been, you know, a thousand people in that ground to watch a friendly against Lincoln. Um, and yet, you know, you go there on a normal afternoon, there's, 50, there's 150. So you can easily socially distance. And you know, yeah. the, the money for them is vital. So, you know, all of football will be hoping that this comes around very quickly. Uh, and you know, I think we're all at a point, aren't we, with COVID and the pandemic where we realise that things are changing and we've got to make sacrifices. I have to put a bloody snood on every time I go in the co-op for some milk, which hacks me right off um, because it makes me look like a, a, a knob. But at the end of the day, that's that's <laughs> what we're kind of having to do. Well, it does. I can't put a face mask on because if I had to put a face mask on, right, all of my beard pops out the bottom of it. And it reminds yep. me of when I used to go swimming at school and we had a teacher called Miss Cooper and she used to stand on the side. And she had a beard? To, no, she used to stand on the side trying to show his breaststroke and between her legs looked like now what I know, me wearing a face mask. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Honestly, it did. Seriously, she had a, a, a an inner thigh beard. Um, which used to pop out from a, a, a small face mask. So you can ask anybody who was in uh, Queen Elizabeth's Grammar School in between uh, 91 and 96, if they ever went swimming in Horncastle Pool and had to lay on the side or stand on the side while Miss Cooper demonstrated breaststroke. Um, yeah, not good. So yeah, that's, I, so, that's so, put me off my tea. Yeah, well, I, therefore I have to wear a, a, a snood. I have to pull it up over my face. So, and it's a Lincoln City one as well. So it's quite cool. But yeah, anyway, yeah, well, that's digressing a little bit. Um, but that is, um, yeah, that's what we've got to do. So I just think the club are, have, have done as well as can be expected with the season ticket announcement. I really do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think you know it, it's similar to the the discussion that I think Clive had when it came to the curtailment of the season, you know, he said that they've got to find the most fair of the unfair ways. And ultimately that's kind of what they've done. Um, I think the, the inclusion of being given the iFollow pass is, is almost a bit of a sweetener. And I think they had to do it, you know, regardless. And I think, I think as well, they've said that there might be some sort of, um, almost like a credit towards next season, season ticket as well, I think they've said. My understanding, we discussed this at length uh, as part of the supporters board. This was something that, you know, got covered, um, believe me, at that length. And votes were very split and there was a lot of, um, you know, points, good points made. And I turned during the interview, um, I turned during the meeting rather from one vote to another. But anyway, my understanding was that, if you miss a uh, a game or when you miss a game, you will get the iFollow pass and then you will get a small credit or a credit that will then go on your um, Ticketmaster account from next season's season ticket. So but bear right, in mind, okay. the iFollow pass, you won't necessarily get the iFollow pass for away games. That, uh, as I understand it, is not part of the season ticket. But, yeah, I think Liam Liam clarified that on the Hope and Glory pod yes, the other day. He said that it, it's it's not. 
it's not in the pipeline, I don't think. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if because there's a no away fans, that there is special dispensation given so that you can buy iFollow passes for away games. So in actual fact, on one hand, you know, we're being restricted from going to games and, and, and missing out on quite a bit. But on the other hand, there is a potential that while restrictions are in place, you could watch every minute of Lincoln City. I don't know if that will happen or not. I think there's... There's still um, work to do with UEFA, from what Liam said. Um, mm. But it, you know, it's it, they say every cloud has a silver lining. Well, the, the situation that we're in is this massive, great big cloud that's about to dump, um, you know, gallons and gallons of water on unsuspecting people. And there's this tiny little glimmer that, if you look closely, is a silver lining, and that that might be it. Um, but let's face it, we just want to get back to normal. Um, and yeah. there isn't any idea of when that might be, so we have to roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably a, a good spot to move on from that. I say, I think you know the club have done everything that they possibly can throughout this period for for pretty much everybody, and you know you're always going to piss somebody off. But um, I think if people do stand back and have a look at it from from a wider view, they'll realise that ultimately, I think. I think Lincoln City as a whole has done the right thing throughout this um, throughout this whole situation. Really, um, that's interesting. Let's let's open this just something open up for debate because you just said the words Lincoln City has done everything, and I would say Lincoln City have done everything. I talk about Lincoln as a singular, I, and you I mentioned them I said as a plural. No, you said has. No, no, but no. no, no. I, a lot of people have started using that. For instance, people saying Lincoln City is delighted to announce the signing of Adam Jackson rather than are delighted. And I'm just wondering, I thought... Oh, no, that- no, no, definitely. It, it's definitely, you know, I definitely meant to say have. If okay, I, that's if cool. Came, if I said has, then no, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Very good. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's an Americanism, I think. And it's like when, you know, when Americans call Lego Legos, it's like, no, they're, they're bricks. You know, it's it's that kind of same thing. But well, yeah, it's definitely like a team is is a singular for well, sure. My grammarly always corrects it. Um and I have to ignore it and you can't dismiss it either. So every article I write I then have to dismiss have and hat all that sort of stuff. But I've noticed that some clubs have started using things like Forest Green is delighted to announce Elliot Whitehouse, for instance. No. So No, it's absolutely a singular. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, so there we go. Grammar on your <laughs> Stacey West podcast. <laughs> uh, what do you expect from two grammar school boys? There you go. Yeah. Probably not stories <laughs> about PE teachers' pubic hair. Actually, for grammar school boys, that probably is the story that you expect, isn't it? Absolutely is, yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, I don't know if there was much else that we needed to yeah, discuss. Yeah, of course there is. Um, First of all, there's the uh, leasing.com cup draw. Oh, I know yeah. You touched on Manchester City, but obviously it's Scunthorpe and Mansfield, I believe, as well, um, which we mm-hmm. we didn't mention. Obviously, it's Man City kids. Um, that, that's the that's the competition that I actually when I get say get excited. It takes a lot to excite me, you know. Season finale of How to Get Away with Murder, check. First preseason of the uh, uh, when a uh, first preseason game after six months, check. Uh, other than that, you know. Not an awful lot excites me. Um, the postman bringing a parcel that excites me, and then the disappointment of seeing Fee's name on the label is just like a kick <laughs> in the balls. Um, but anyway, today he brought me "Hooray for Boobies" by Bloodhound Gang. I mean, I'd ordered it. He didn't bring it as a gift. I don't have anything going on with the postman <laughs> like that. Um, 
Yeah, so I actually Cracking get album that. Yeah, it's not, but it's not, but it's going on the jukebox in the bar. So, um, have you got the uh, have you got the CD that looks like a boob with a nipple in the middle? I don't know because I, I haven't actually opened it because I've had a really busy day. The car's been in the garage and the electrician's been here uh, again, so he's got to finish off tomorrow. I might actually have power in here rather than running the cable out. But but yeah, anyway, um, I get quite excited about theleasing.com because it's an opportunity, one, to see fringe players um, and players that we're not looking at on a Saturday. So from a kind of a, a nerdy point of view, it's going to be really good for us to maybe see, you know, Sean Rowan play, or it might be a chance for Anthony Scully to start up top. And I kind of like that. I, mm. I don't get excited about the under-23 game. I didn't turn up for the Wolves under-23 game a couple of years ago, uh, although I did go to the Man United one because, you know, it was Man United. It was Michael's early kind of games. And I'll probably go to the Man City one because you might be watching kids that in a couple of years' time are winning Champions League. So I'll, I'll go. I like the prize money for it. Um, I was more interested in that draw. And he's, yeah, you're always going to get a handful of, teams aren't you because it's regionalized within an inch of its life so it's like you know right we'll draw it now we've got Scunthorpe, Mansfield, Lincoln, Grimsby and Hull all in one pot well, who are you going to get yeah it's not a lot of variety um, so yeah there's that and then obviously we, we talked about crew I don't really give a monkey's um, chuff about it but it was nice to get a draw in our own division and a winnable game I suppose but I don't really care mm-hmm yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on it. Like, I, I think the we've proven that the leasing dot com or whatever it's going to be called this season is is a way to get you know some prize money. We've done it before. We may do it again. Although I can't really see that being a focus this time around. But well, Michael took Oxford yeah. to the final, didn't he? Two years in a row. He, li- he likes the competition, um, so you know. I don't certainly don't rule it out, and uh, I don't think it's going to be called anything this season. I think it's going to be called the EFL Trophy. I think it's okay. I think it's notoriously difficult. Oh, I say that notoriously. It's not because it's unprecedented, um, but it's difficult in the current climate to attract any sponsorship at all. Mm. So um, that I'm hoping, or I believe, that the prize money hasn't been majorly affected because. You know the Premier League clubs pay into it in order to get their young players the the game time that they need. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and was there was there something else as well? Are we going to talk the rumours because they haven't happened yeah. yet? And if this goes out <laughs> in reasonable time, yes. Uh, so this should be out. Um, what day are we on? We're on Tuesday, so this should be out Wednesday uh, at noon. Um, we've got. Uh, been heavily rumoured for for a while now um, that we are going to be signing a couple of well, one's been heavily rumoured for a while. One's sort of come up this week, but uh, we've been rumoured to be signing a couple of people on loan from West Bromwich Albion. Um, first one is a keeper, I believe, Alex Palmer. Correct. Um, that's, yep, and uh, the second one name has completely escaped me. Callum Moore. Um, that's the one. Yeah. Um, I think I would probably be a bit more excited by uh, by Morton coming in, if I'm honest. But that's mainly because he is a striker, and I think at the, at the moment it's it's always you know you know day follows night, the sun rises in the east, sets in the west, and Lincoln City will be needing a striker. I think they're the three laws of nature, aren't they? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I'd be. I'd, who knows? By this time tomorrow, it may be announced. I don't know, but um, 
yeah, two two young and uh, relatively exciting signings. Um, if they if they do happen, well, first of all, I'd say Alex Palmer's twenty four. I mean, I know that's young, but he's the same age as Josh was yeah. last year. Uh, most clean sheets in League Two last season were Plymouth. Plymouth fans are convinced that if he goes into League One this year, he's going there. Um, the understanding from when he left there was that he would probably be involved in the West Brom first team but they're in the Premier League now and I would imagine that that kind of halts his progress a little bit. You know, you only have to look at Dean Henderson. I keep talking about him, but his spell at Shrewsbury and Sheffield United, you know, he even spent a year playing in golf Sheffield United in the same division as Manchester United um, before mm-hmm. being considered as United's first team. So um, for me, Alex Palmer would be a, a sensational loan signing. I think um, a big keeper, massive, really, really highly rated, hasn't played a lot of senior football for Plymouth. I think he had emerging Agency loans at Oldham and Notts County. He also played for his hometown club, Kidderminster, which I think is where he was born. He had two seasons or two spells with Kidderminster. Um, really, really highly rated. We need the, the keeper. I mean, Ethan Ross had a decent game against Salford today, uh, but you need two goalkeepers. I, I've said from day dot that one of them would probably be a young player signed on loan, and that's that's how it looks to be panning out. Um, so if that happens, massive for massive for me. Um, Callum Morton, yeah, we do need a striker. I, I'm probably the other way to you. I'd probably be more excited about the Palmer signing, um, but Morton is to uh, to a degree what Walker was last season in that been in League Two, done really well, um, helped a team get into the playoffs, which Walker did for Mansfield. Difference being Walker had the full season, Morton only had part of the season and Morton's goal to games ratio was actually more impressive than Walker's was for Mansfield. Um, Northampton wouldn't be a League One team without him now. Look at his goals in the playoffs and his goals at the end of the season, but it's six months. Um, Slavin Bilic talks really highly of him. Um, calls him a, a machine or a monster or something like that because he bounced back from injury. He, he, I think he was on loan at Braintree and he did his ACL or something like that and he had to bounce back from that. Um, interesting, certainly, if we were to get him in, they would want him to play games. Uh, looking at today's setup, I, I, he would be interchangeable with Hopper, um, but he would be probably something a little bit different to Hopper because last year he played off of Dane Oliver. Um, for Northampton so he was picking up scraps whether he could play a 10 and look to overlap Hopper I don't know um, I'm told that he can also probably play wider if need be uh, I know again that there's a lot of Northampton Town fans who are absolutely desperate to see him not sign for us um, because they were so impressed with him last season so I can see both being entirely possible um, I've been expecting you know, an email to come through embargo club news uh, for a while now um, because you know with Michael's links with West Brom under 23s West Brom are going to trust him they're going to trust him with young players and you know they're, they're two players that obviously fill positions that we blatantly need I mean it you know it all fits into place so um, now mm. watch it not happen <laughs> yeah it's always the way isn't it or watch it announced at 10 o'clock and people are listening this going what are those two Muppets talking about again the wonder of technology and they're always a day late absolutely so um, well hopefully this well I say hopefully this will be up at 12 o'clock so if you're listening to it and we have signed two new players then there you go there's there's our chat about it well I'll tell you what if if you if by 12 o'clock you mean you're going to sort of edit it tonight Put it up for eight. Let's get it done first thing. That's only if you. That's when you were going to do it because normally you do it at night, don't you? And put it up for twelve the next day. 
Yeah. Is that right? So, yes, yeah. do it do it for eight, because at least then the news we know won't break till 10 or 11, so there might be a handful of people that listen to this and it's relevant. Okay. Yeah, okay. So If that's all right with you, then, I don't mean to put you on the spot. If you were planning on doing uh, it before, but the thing is you work, so you'll be at work from eight till 12 tomorrow, so makes no sense. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't be doing anything else. Yes. Um, so... Um, cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have that up for or this up for eight o'clock tomorrow morning then, and then hopefully, hopefully it'll be relevant. Sound as a um, pound. Indeed. I've right. Got, I've got um, a cracking so headache. You good... know, I've been miserable this whole time. I've been recording. I don't know if people have spotted uh, that, but a belting headache. I mean, you have been talking to me, so it's understandable. No, I had it before, and I can't even blame it on you. Um, I had it before. Oh, okay. and Fair I don't enough. know why. But it's- Nice that you're being honest and, and you're not blaming it on me. You, know, no. you could have just gone, yeah, that's exactly it. So Yeah, I'm not, I'm not cruel for cruel's sake, but I'm only cruel when it's needed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so um, I don't think there's anything else to to discuss, really. Um, Lincoln City-wise, have you got anything we need to plug this week? No, not really. I've actually recorded 15 minutes with Gab Sutton about players that he thinks um, Lincoln would do well to sign to play in the positions um, that we've got available. But I just don't know when I'm going to get an opportunity to edit and put it up. Um, I could really have edited the vocal and sent it over to you, couldn't I? We could have tagged it on the end of this. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, still can. We can do a quick special or whatever, but... Uh... Yeah, I might say, I might, if I can find it, I'll send it over now and you might get to listen to Gab Sutton immediately after this. Um, or it might end up as a video, but on the video, I've got bad hair, uh, scraggly beard. Uh, so I look normal, but, um, yeah, I just, I was gonna say it's a normal video then. Yeah. On my internet's, uh, connection, if I try and upload it, I'll start now. And by the time it's uploaded, you know, we'll be playing Salford <laughs> in the league after they've been promoted. <laughs> no that's fair so um yeah anything and uh, any uh, say any any plugs other than that or no about or, good no well my books are still available so you can go and buy those um but other than that no all good cool there we go um i don't think i've got anything else to add um other than you know, what i've said before don't buy a phillips tv it's been horrible i'm sure you've been following me on twitter if you do <laughs> and i think I've, prob- I've lost a couple of followers i think from from ranting but you haven't lost me ben i just made good use of the mute button <laughs> Sorry. honestly clusterfuck doesn't even come into it um so there we go um right and we will see you guys next week all right, bye-bye. Chat soon. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.